0: Hi, friends. My name is Landon Wietrich, and this is Inquire Inside. We're going to pick up where we left off last week in our interview with Kyle Grimm. While last week's episode focused more on real estate and entrepreneurship, the conversation you're about to hear revolves more around Kyle's mindset and perspective and how these influence his business practices, marriage, and his opportunity to add value to others. As you are listening to this episode, We'd love for you to take a screenshot, tag the show, tag Kyle, and share it on your story. Part one of this conversation has already had an incredible number of downloads, and we'd love to see who is listening. I'm really excited to have you all listen to the second half of our conversation with Kyle, and we're going to pick up right where we left off last week.
1: I think that when you, yeah, when you look at people that are in real estate, typically they're people who, and I'm not saying that I'm good at this, I still struggle with this a lot, but um, can handle a little bit of stress and and the uncertainty, right? I mean the same thing in the insurance world, like you probably don't, you have renewals, which are great, but you don't know how much business you're going to write, you know, a year from now. Right. So it, it is very attractive sometimes to, like I said, you know, go get that job. My wife's an accountant. Okay. So every single, you know, every two weeks or whatever it is, On this day we know she's going to have exactly this much money come in and that feels good to know that that's coming but um are you designed to to work that way is the question
0: earlier i said it's a mindset but some of its it's personality too for for example some of us and i say us i don't even know if if i would include myself in this because there's so much in my life that i'm currently figuring out but I would say just looking at both of you from what I know, both of you, you kind of, it's a challenge to you to have that uncertainty, to have that risk. That's something you almost look forward to. Almost something you crave a little bit. It's a game. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think that, um, it's just so much fun to me if I knew exactly how much I was going to be making or where I was going to be in, you know, if I could look at my boss and be like, that's where I'm going to be in 10 years, I would, I would die inside because i love that right. you just i love the idea of waking up every day and be like let's build a machine we can build it as big as we want and we can build whatever we want i just love that you know the yeah. idea of creating something. and you
2: take that i mean i'll be honest and i don't think it's i think it's everyone right it's it's a lion who's in the zoo getting fed three times a day versus a lion who's out in the wild i mean you take that anxiety you take that pressure off of those, you know, individuals, are yourself included? And you most certainly would die a little bit inside because it's just not, it's not, I don't know how to say that. I don't, I don't know, but it most certainly is a game. And it most certainly is that balance of, listen, we're going to push ourselves. We're going to, you know, we're going to build this thing, um, but not, you know, not not getting to the point to where it, it over consumes you and right. crushes
1: you that's a that's a good point and and it's something i think about all the time i mean sometimes i feel like you know i have to ask god like why why am i the way that i am why do i constantly think about business and and all this and um sometimes i wonder yeah like when you know going back to the question that you know that my friend had asked me like when is enough enough and that's something i still fight with you know it's just it's hard to it's hard to I guess tame the the desires that you just feel like that you were kind of born with. Um, no,
2: most certainly. And I and I'll, I'll give. I I've, I go through this myself too, and my wife uh, will listen to this and probably you know slap me a little bit. But I, I feel like I have um, completely deserted that. In, in so in I feel like I'm wired with a you know similar to most entrepreneurs. But I've completely taken that desire and ripped it out, and set it on a shelf, and said, no, that's that's my natural desire, maybe not exactly what Christ or what God would actually be calling me to, and so I've set that aside, and those were some of the worst days, months, and years of my life. When when you did do that? When I did that. And you don't when think when you're I necessarily
0: that. doing that? You're not doing that currently, you don't
2: think? I'm most certainly not doing that currently, okay. and I'm, I feel better and more alive than ever before because I start to understand that hey actually Lord I'm sorry like wh- I know you made me in this way now I also realize Lord I still struggle with my own desires and my selfish desires whether mm-hmm. that's pride or power or ego whatever like I we most certainly wrestle with those but taking that desire that he's placed in your heart and the way he's made you and completely ripping that out and calling that like you know sin or we're gonna just leave that over there because it's consuming me. We're going to just forget about it as a whole. Most in my life, most certainly has not
0: been the answer. We can make a whole other episode about this because uh, I love what you're saying right here. In the environment, that, in the culture that all three of us are in, what you just said is preached a lot. Whatever comes natural, you
1: should suffocate, essentially. Yep. You should yep. suppress. Yep. And, you're talking in like the Christian perspective. Yes. Because okay? yes. like the world would more Or less say the opposite. Yeah. Right. And,
0: and and I'm hoping our listeners are our mixture. I hope we have, you know, believers and non believers on here. Right. And but um just that's the reality of it. Both of or all three of us have kind of heard that before. And I strongly disagree with that. I, I so I love to hear, Braden, what you said as far as you, you somewhat kind of reclaimed your your natural desire because Yes, as we know, there's natural things like you mentioned, like your your ego, your pride, selfishness, et cetera. There are natural things that are unhealthy and that can be detrimental. But at the same time, I believe, and and everybody's heard me say this on the podcast prior, if there's a degree to what we're given naturally, it's it's from God, and it should be utilized. It's wrong for us to discard that, thinking, well, that's going to be an idol. Well, didn't God create you? Didn't He, yeah, give this to you? It's 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 yours to use. Can it be misused? Absolutely. And what what I always say is, it is wrong. And this is this is you know the the gospel of Landon right here. But it is wrong to completely discard something merely uh, because it has the potential to be misused. Mm-hmm. I firmly believe that.
1: Yeah, and I think this like these type of questions. You know, we're all a bunch of young guys. What do we know? Right, exactly. But. So these are the type of questions I think it'd be so fun to ask people, like I mentioned, you know, Kent Heimer earlier, like a, a man who I believe built a very successful, he's very financially successful. And yet I don't feel like he's misused his ambition, you know, in the wrong direction. And, and something I have thought a lot about too is, you know, there's like this line, there's like these, this line between you know, being super ambitious and want to strive for success in whatever it is, fitness, your spirit, well, spiritual, I don't think you can ever be too into too successful uh, in that. Yeah. yeah. In <laughs> the no, you sense. most
0: certainly can. Yeah. Okay. There's well, people
2: that do, I mean, that's a whole other conversation yeah, right there. That, yeah. That, oh yeah. Most certainly it can
0: be, it can, it can be a learn obsession, right? Yeah.
2: And observe, Well, learn, study, Put in the time, but don't actually bear that fruit, or don't they actually, don't live it out. Oh man, yeah. To me, that's one of the most detrimental things to studying scripture. And um, anyway, that's a whole different because you can forsake
0: but... all other areas of life that you sh- that you're responsible for. Oh, it, most certainly. That yeah. you you're not you're not putting this earth just to study scripture all day.
1: Right. So I've heard this preached before. Um, and it's something that I struggle with a lot of, you know, I feel like a lot of times in sermons, I hear like, we need to be satisfied, you know, with what God has given us. We need to be, um, you know, look at what we have and be grateful for it and not want more. And there, there's another side of me that is just yelling inside, just like, no, like, I know like God gave me this potential, this, this desire for a reason. And I'm still trying to figure out why. Right. Uh, so that's that's a whole other conversation of like, okay, where yeah. where is that balance of like, let's strive for more, let's build, wh- you know, whatever business we're building or whatever we we're doing over here, versus like, you know, we need to be thankful for what God's given us and just be, com- you know, more complacent. One of the that, questions I have written down here. Sorry.
2: No, no, I that's that's hilarious because I feel like, you know, one, one of the things coming back is is. When I do business, or when I, um, you know, am involved, right, in entrepreneurial things, things that are taking your time and your finances and so on and so forth, are those things that I'm acting on drawing me closer to him? You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. or is it something that I know that I'm investing in that is not what I'm? You know what I'm saying? Like one of the things. Because this isn't always true, at least in my own life. I haven't experienced this all the time. But but generally, it's like when you look at something, it's like, and you think about it. And if you're a believer, you pray about it and you talk to your spouse about it. And it's like, okay, well, if I do this and the interactions I have with those I'm buying, you know, real estate from with the contractors or whatever, um, is it drawing me closer to him? Or is it setting me more on edge, right? Like where you're a little snappy with the contractors or where you're um, maybe a little snappy with the bank or you know whatever it's like but that's not I always I also haven't always experienced that because there is certain times at least from my life where things are very uncomfortable and the saying is when you're going through hell just keep going starts to ring just a little bit louder like I don't know maybe maybe I'm talking way off guard here but I think like sometimes Using, If I'm going to use the excuse like if this was a God-given desire, right, an entrepreneurial build things, create as if, you know, as God did, right, um, then I also need to be aware of making sure that this desire is drawing me to him, not away from him. Yep. Maybe.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. And I think what you're saying there about, like, how are your interactions with, your, with the contractors and with the tenants – that's something I need to check myself on because sometimes I get so into let's grow, grow, grow. And um, and I've seen, you know, other people who are very good at that balance of like using their business as a platform to right. encourage evangelize yep. and encourage and just Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, Kyle, what you were <clears throat> saying earlier, you were talking about your relationship your relationships with the banks. They you have that relationship of trust, that mm-hmm. understanding. And then you also mention your tenants that you were willing to work with them like when they couldn't pay and had you been a jerk to them in the past they probably would have just said see ya yeah but so my, my whole point being those two examples right there reflect where your ultimate focus is and where your heart is and that's a reflection of your your, your faith and your commitment to your your faith
1: well i always i haven't always been super kind to my tenants you know i had this one tenant that i lived with in st louis for like a year and a half and caused a lot of issues man that guy i i hear he's actually bald now i i don't know poor guy by choice (laughs) and he's married he's married no oh man that's a whole nother story we lived together which was that only a year and a half Feels like a lot longer than that in a good was way. it even a year and a half i don't know if it even was a year and a half because yeah. i don't the total amount of time i lived in st louis was probably a year and a half but i don't remember okay my memory's not real, real great but. no I, so
2: <laughs> i got a question now that we're going down this road and again again i'm sorry for the listeners if i'm i'm beating you know the dead horse but it's like i listened to um you know David Platt a little bit. I used to a lot more than what I do now. But he, David Platt he's uh who well, he's actually a preacher who is just I mean his goal or his I mean evangelism is his thing, right? And and I think it's great. Um but like he looks at the red letters or he looks at the the teachings of Christ and to me I find it somewhat convicting here and obviously as I talk about this you you guys set me back on track because um you know it's like christ gave all right there was not one thing he he wasn't willing to give up for the people and so like you're 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 dealing with tenants right and a lot of them um financially don't have it don't have a ton um some of them do some of them choose to rent others are renting because of horrible credit lack of down payment i mean lack bad of stability habits. bad habits right and there's a part of me that this may or may not be right is like, well, out of my kindness, when they are troubled, are out of, like, when, when do you say, listen, I could rent this house for 1250 a month, but I know this family and I know the situation, I'm going to drop it down to 800 Well, you do the number on what 450 bucks does over 30 years, and you're like just slaughtering your black pocket. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but like, how do you balance this this generosity factor with the fact that,
0: yeah, <laughs> or are you enabling someone's ex- bad habits? Right,
2: right. There's just combination of all these things yeah. that
1: I struggle with. Yeah,
0: most certainly. Yeah. And I'm sure that's all a case by case basis.
1: It, it is. I mean, it's. It, I think about that all the time. I mean, I've got certain situations that are happening right as we speak um, where you know, I'm having to make a tough decision on, you know, am I going to be, are you going to
2: evict someone or?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm actually going, it's funny. I have never had to out of since 2012, I've never had to evict anyone. I've always worked with people, um, you know, figured out how can we make this work between the two of us? Let's do a payment plan. But it it is tough. I mean, there are certain cases where you're just like, this just isn't going to work, you know? We've just got to move on. But um, again, bringing my dad into this into this story is, I have seen him use this plot, this this business that we're building as a place for him to almost mentor and help those who maybe haven't made wise decisions in their life. And I, so I, I, you know, again, I'm I'm kind of over here sometimes too focused on like, hey, let's grow the business, and then I'm seeing him. It's a good reminder of like how can we minister to these people, you know, whether it's teaching them how to budget, um, or, you know, give them good advice, but it it really is. It's, it's hard. I'm still figuring out that balance of like, Hey, you know, is this a charity or is this a business? I'm still trying to work on that, but it it is very rewarding. And also, um, you know, like for instance, I was selling a, a, a actual mobile home that's in one of my parks and, you know, we had a, uh, an asking price, but I found, you know, someone that I think would make a great tenant, you know, great personality, um, you know, an older person who's, you know, pretty quiet. And I think they're going to be a good fit in the community overall. And so I look at the big picture oftentimes and, you know, I ended up reducing the price of that home drastically because I'm like, I think you'll be a good fit for the community. I think you'll be good for the whole overall. So sometimes you make those decisions too. Yeah, I don't know if that answered the I don't even remember your original question but. well I think that that
2: that's that's a great
1: response to a
2: question that runs so deep that I don't i there is not i don't believe a final answer I think it's an internal struggle a spiritual struggle that we as you know men and business owners will will always have and and also a lot of again a lot of things that people who don't run businesses don't see mm-hmm. they look at you know they might look at your freedom or they might look at the amount of you know stuff that you own, and just say, uh, you know, Kyle's greedy. Kyle's you know had more opportunity. Kyle this, Kyle that, right? But they don't see the fact that you lowered the price of a house by thirty percent just to get someone in there because you you like them or you you help someone through payment plans in the yeah. hard time in their life.
1: One of the best feelings I've ever had in real estate is renting an apartment to a couple that's just like so incredibly appreciative. You know, when when they walk into the apartment, because there's a lot of landlords out there that just run, you know, just, I mean, they're called slumlords for a reason, you know, just, right. they're just slums. And they walk, you walk into these apartments and they're just like, you can't rent this. And yet they do. One of the best feelings I have is like walking someone into an apartment for the first time and seeing how they react, you know, like, whoa, like, this is nice. Like, you know, check out this nice flooring and like, look at that kitchen. That's the best feeling ever. And so that's a feeling like I, would like to, to strive for it's hard to always do that but it's such a good feeling when you feel like you're providing someone a quality place and You know again in the in the park world sometimes it's harder to get that feeling, but um, That's what I'm working towards like hey, let's that's my service to people. Let's provide safe affordable housing that people can enjoy
0: Yeah, you know in previous episodes. We've talked about the significance of standards and Kyle, what you said right there just kind of made me think. So some of these people, they may be used to a lower standard, whether it's because how they were raised, their culture, whatever. And if you're able to demonstrate a higher standard, whether it's how you are treating them, whether it's you know the, the apartment that you that you were offering them, you could be not you could be, you are in making an impact on their life, kind of showing them this is how things could be, this is what someone who works hard and who has resources or whatever, this is what they're able to achieve. And I really think that can make an impact on people. Just, just seeing that example and, and what, how, just how you run your business.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope that, you know, I know that right now I'm, I'm very focused on, on growth and, you know, and, and striving for, you know, more, 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 but i i try to keep that vision in mind like look you know all this doesn't matter in the end anyways so how can i use this platform now for good and it's a struggle i mean uh, you guys probably you know are in similar situations where like when you feel like you're young you feel like hey let's just let's grow as much as we can yeah but it's like we got to balance have some sort of balance we were talking about that on the way up here on the phone
0: yeah up for me down for you yeah. Real quick, I know you got some questions. I want to ask one more question, kind of related to what we're talking about, and then you can, Brayden, I'll let you take it wherever. in In that context of you, know, we, we want more and more, and we're, we're trying to grow. And uh, you said you had that friend that asked you, "When when is enough enough?" And you know, Brayden, you kind of expressed something similar to me in an earlier episode. Have you ever had uh, Christians criticize you for having the mindset that we're talking about, like pursuing what you? naturally gravitate towards what you're good at, what your passion is, and continually to invest in, and uh, be so driven in that area? Have you had Christians criticize you and be like, hey, you need to slow down, or, or you're investing too much in this, or this is too earthly or selfish, etc." Has that ever happened to you?
1: Uh- Really, other than that one time where someone was like, when is enough enough, that that comment, I really haven't anyone, had anyone approach me directly and say that. However, you know, I think that, and I probably build it up in my mind more than anything. I probably think that people are talking about me more than they really are. I think we naturally do that yeah. um, because that's the way I feel. I feel like sometimes I am being judged by a lot of people. Um, am I really? Probably not. Probably something I just build in my head, but yeah. Other than that one time, really no. I'm glad to hear you say that. Yeah, and I'm That's hoping. Good. I mean, sounds like that
2: was a good friend, right? So he mm. he was just probably he was maybe just asking the question, which I think is a good question. If your banker asked it too, like, "Hey, guy, what is your long term plan?" Or we should all be asking yeah, ourselves that question, right. most yeah. certainly, most certainly. Yep. So on the a back up just a little bit towards the management side, uh, what are you managing these properties yourself?
1: Um, well, kind of, but not really. I mean, the okay. real estate's a team sport for sure. So um, the way that I kind of have things structured right now is, so I I guess to answer your question, yes. You know, it's all in house. Yep. Um, there's no third party managing. I have um, like, 1099 contra a lot of 1099 contractors that help me with things. Yep. So, you know, and, and for instance, like the different parks I have, um, managers in each park, they're, they're more like greeters, park greeters, so it's like, they take phone calls for me. Oh, um, really? okay. Yeah, so if like there's a water issue, water break or something, you know, they would figure that out, they would communicate with me. Um, and then, you know, as far as like rent collections and, and things like that, it all flows into my management software. So I guess to answer your, yes, I mean, your question. Okay, so two two things there. One would be,
2: how are you, so on the management side, right? Like, uh, not, not the rent side, but like the issue side, right? Like a, like a leaking dishwasher or whatever. Um, how, how are you able to control all the different variables that are happening? Obviously, you just said you have... Mainly a door greeter, but how are you finding them, and then also how are you paying them, and then how is that communication?
1: Yeah, um, you know, every property is different, as I keep saying, but um, I'm going to give an example <sighs> of you know a manager that I had managing 11 different homes, um, mobile homes. You know, this was located in someone else's park. I didn't own this park, and he was I had, I had found him through like the previous owner of this package. But, um, a lot of times the way that these managers are paid is, you know, per like if they're in a park, maybe they get free lot rent. Um, and then they also get maybe, you know, $10 every month per occupied lot. So if it's a, you know, a 30 space park, you're getting 300 bucks a month plus free lot rent. And then if they're doing anything like physically, you know, like if they're actually going and fixing the dishwasher, then it's just like an hourly rate, you know, whether it's 20, you know, 25, whatever that is. So every, every one's kind of different um and i a lot of times the phone calls just end up coming up to me and then i'll have a third party contractor who i'll call and be like hey can you go take care of this leak or or whatever it is
2: okay okay the next question is rent and is money right because that seems to be um you know a big issue i'm curious how you've um structured that rent you know, are people still mailing this stuff in? Are they using an online? Are they paying by card, Stripe account? Like, how, how's this all working?
1: Yeah, um, I'm trying to go more the direction of, like, paying, on, paying online okay. with, like, a credit card, debit card, checking account. Now, you have a website that yeah, they go so, to? Or? Yep, so I have a website, um, and it's just the name of my management company. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they have a portal they can log in. And so they can, you know, log right in, see what they owe. They can make their payments right through that. Um, there's also the option if they want to pay in cash, they can go to over the counter like Walmart has it. I think Casey's general store does where they have an account number, um, through my system. And so when they hand the cash over, the cashier types in their account number and actually just wires right to my account, uh, and then shows up in my management software. So that's the thing about real estate is when you have those systems and like, it can be overwhelming, but when you have the systems and processes in place, it's not that bad.
0: Right. And it's taken you years to to develop these systems.
1: Yeah. But like, I don't have to reinvent the wheel because there's guys who've already done this, right? Which is the beautiful thing about, you know, unless you're innovating something, typically um, you can look in your space and find a guy that's done what you want to do and just model after him, which I mentioned Ken McElroy earlier today. And that's someone who I've kind of like modeled, you know, how's he doing it? Okay, let's try this. And so constantly kind of modifying off of other people. Yep. Yep. And that, um, what,
2: what's, what system is your website actually using?
1: What, um, the system I'm using is called rent manager. Okay. Um, I, you know, I can give people if they really want to know more about management software, just reach out to me. Yep. There's a lot of different ones. Yeah. Uh, rent manager is, is primarily for the park space. So it's yep. not one typically you'd use for like apartments and things like that. Yep.
2: Yep. No, absolutely.
1: Lane, got anything else on that? not that specifically i mean we
0: we can hit this conversation another direction where you can keep going i'm good either way
2: well no i was just gonna ask how your wife you know you're married right how your wife feels all about this where she's at with it obviously
1: i'm assuming she plays a big role because sounds like i mean she's cpa so yeah that's a that's a really good question because um in this world i don't think there's a lot of spouses that would put up with some of the stuff that i do yeah or that my wife puts up with So uh, having a spouse that's on board is huge, you know, whatever business you're running, you know, you were talking about that on the way up here (laughs) Yep, (laughs) I just really can't believe how lucky I got, Uh, you know with with my wife first of all, she's You think I'm ambitious like my wife is on a whole nother level, you know, okay, I don't know your wife I know your wife, your wife is probably similar to where she is. I know she's a driver. Like she, she goes, you oh, yeah. know, um, she's got her own business. She's yeah. always strive, you know, striving, pushing my wife. Sometimes I look at myself and I'm like, man, I need to step it up. Like <laughs> who's wearing the pants around here anyways. So <laughs> she, she's a CPA. Um, so she's much more black and white in her world. Her it's all world, numbers, man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Your emotions out the window in schedules, yep. like, okay. you know, six o'clock, boom, next thing, you know, 615, boom, next thing, I'm all over the place. Okay. Somehow we work together well, where my all over the place, you know, no schedule, my calendar, just like, eh, we'll figure it out. We work together. So, um, as far as how much she's actually in, you know, interacts in my business, not much at this point. Um, she's quite a bit younger than me. I'm 28. She's 22. Okay. And so she's She's very mature for her age, but she's also just learning the CPA stuff, you know, the accounting world. She didn't get out of school that long ago. So she's not to the point yet where she's like advising me, yeah. but I'm hoping that we get to that point yeah. because I think it could work. You know, I think that we get along well enough. Where it Oh, work. Most, most certainly.
0: Would you say you would describe yourselves as like a, the scenario where it was like opposites attract, like you and your wife, or?
1: I, I would say so, okay. yes. There's it's weird because we have very similar visions like long-term visions We are very different people but agree on pretty much everything so uh, You know, we both have the the vision of like, you know, a lot of uh, time freedom, you know, freedom of our time Where she's you know, she's working a nine-to-five job. Actually. It's more than that right now. Sure but like we both have the same long-term goals and it's like even though our we operate very differently we're all we're both pointed to the to the same direction so so far it's worked
0: i guess if you can both recognize that that'll help give even though the other person might handle things a little differently that helps you give the other person a little
1: bit of grace yeah yes i mean and i don't have kids both of you do and so that's what's going to really be interesting how we handle each other's differences when we have kids Because my wife, Devin, you know, she is extremely, you know, we wake up at the same time. We do our devotions at the same time. We, you know, very, very much like this, where I'm more like, eh, like not really feeling my workout this morning. So, I mean, I struggle with that a lot, with just like, you know, kind of rolling more on my emotions. So when we have kids and everything gets scrambled up, it'll just be interesting how we handle all that. I
0: will say the the more dedicated or committed you are to your habits and your routines now, that will help out tremendously um, when the kids do come along. Because if you don't really have quality habits or, or like a s- structured you know schedule for kids to come along,
1: it could be a disaster. I have wanted to ask you this a long time because my experience with good old Landon over here <laughs> Like my perspective on you has like, or you you have changed drastically in the last. Well, let's see what year is this? Twenty twenty two. I mean, okay, okay, we we moved in. I think it was had to have been twenty fifteen, right? Fourteen? That's, no, that sounds about right. 15, somewhere in there. Twenty fifteen. But like you you've just changed so much, and and so I I'm just curious. Is it when do you feel like I maybe people don't know like how you used to operate versus how you do now. Cause like I see you now as very like every single morning you're like at the gym while you were before, but just, I wasn't necessarily as structured. It happened, but I, sorry, I cut you off. Keep going. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, that, that was my point. Like you're, you seem very structured now. Um, and I'm just curious what, like, was it like when you had kids, was it when you got married? What was it that caused you to like really start to buckle down?
0: It started with marriage and, um, my wife was a big reason why I made some changes and, you know, looking back, <laughs> you mentioned when we lived together and I was technically one of your tenants. Um, you know how I had like, what you were, what you're referring to is I had some terrible habits back then. And then, but part of it was, I didn't say that you didn't, you, but I, I did. I, yeah, you didn't. You didn't say that, but I did. And I just um, see you as more motivated today.
1: Sure, I guess is what I would say.
0: Yeah, and it it really came down to, and we we've, we've talked about this on at least one earlier episode, but it just came down to I suddenly had more responsibility. It was kind of thrust upon me, mm-hmm. if you will. And with first of all with marriage, and then second of all with uh, having a child, and we had a child within the first year of our marriage. That was. Um, unexpected we'll say and um so and and at first i was i was a disaster of uh, the head of my home beginning giving myself some grace i'd never done it before right but just when that responsibly came on and, and as i mentioned on an earlier podcast i realized just how how bad i was at managing time and managing money and when you have people depending on you those, those two things are critical. And so I had to get my button gear really quick because of, you know, my my wife's counting on me, my my child's counting on me. And then, you know, now I have two kids, but, um, and it didn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. And, and (laughs) talk to my wife, I'm still, I'm still quite a ways away from where I, I I should be, could be, but I am very thankful, um, that I am in a much better place than I was, but I guess circling back to your original question, just kind of what changed was, I really think was just that I finally felt a, the weight of responsibility on my shoulders of something in my life. Just in the past, I didn't take on extras because I was, frankly, I was lazy. I didn't, I didn't seek out challenge. I didn't really seek out responsibility. And, and like when you're a single guy like that and I don't know. Unfortunately, I just didn't have a whole lot of initiative. I didn't take a whole lot of ownership in things. The only thing I actually was motivated in was working out. That mm-hmm. was like the only thing in my life. And, um, but when I realized like, oh, this really all comes down to me as far as providing for, for my family. And then I, I realized my wife was looking to me to take on a role that I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And she was having to pick up my slack. And when I I was not aware of that right away. But when I saw the stress that that put on her, I saw how that hurt our relationship. I realized that She is having to step up because I'm not
1: yeah I think that's so interesting I mean, I think looking even at my life how when I can become very complacent sometimes And it's almost like I do have to thrust myself into a position where it's like I have no choice but figure it out. I have no choice but pick. You know, pick up the gear. You know, the speed a little bit, and you know whether it's someone who's wanting to, yeah. I mean, buy a house or start a business. It's almost like you just have to like you have to commit to it, right? You have to take that start, step. Start, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just like you know, you just kind of lay around and nothing ever happens.
2: Yeah, and starting starting seems to be the yeah the un-
1: the unknown scares people to death. Yeah yeah i mean and that's in the world of real uh, real estate that's always i mean it's kind of a saying it's like the first one's the hardest you know once you start it just gets easier and easier i mean just like you know your habits and and all that it's like once you start and form those it's like it becomes easier to maybe add another you know and pile it on and just become more disciplined
0: i've talked about this in the past in the show but it's building credibility with yourself Mm. if you have that credibility if you're like i've done this before I've taken this kind of risk before and it's it's turned out. Okay. That's, that's huge to setting yourself up for the future and the choices that you will make in the future.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, also it's like, how much do you respect yourself? I mean, Hmm. um, I think sometimes I, I can almost like demean myself to a point where it's like, who am I to, to be doing this? But I think when you realize, when you give yourself some grace, I mean it really it really helps and especially when you prove like when you when you have that track record like hey look what I have done you know you can build that confidence because if you're always putting yourself down you're not gonna get anywhere right right Um, I mean I and that kind of even goes into so I used to be petrified of public speaking like Mm -hmm. absolutely petrified I promised myself I wasn't gonna go to college because I knew I had to take a speech class to graduate and so I just planned on not going and um, in that construction program, I actually did need a speech class to graduate. And so I did it and it's like, once I did it and built that confidence, I took that step forward, it just gave me so much more like drive. You know, I'm like, I did it. I got through it. Right.
0: And it just In arrived. other areas, not not just in public speaking, right. but in other areas of life.
1: Translates. Absolutely,
0: yep.
2: That's one of the most interesting things. Uh, I got another question for you, Kyle, but that's one of the interesting things I find in my own life is I'm not afraid to reach out and to ask questions and to talk with people and understand where they're coming from and and why they are the way they are. Is it is now it's like, listen, if they've done it, I can do it because they're just people. They have the same insecurities. They have the same, you know, uh, you know, regrets or questions or issues that we all face as humans. Right. But it's like, what did they put into place? Right. What are they, you know, you know, habitually doing that's putting them in, you know, where they're at today. Um, And once you realize that, once you realize, like, you know, whoever that is, you look up to, it's like, I most certainly can be like that someday. Maybe I need to increase here or stop doing this here. But I can't be that. Right. And that is to some people and to myself as well, it freaks you out. Because it's like then all of a sudden you realize guess what? All the responsibility lays on you. There's no one coming to save you. Yeah. There's no one coming to do anything for you. So but you're also saying I have the ability to do that? Well shoot, that means I gotta get to it. Yeah. You know? But it's so freeing, but the weight of res- the weight of freedom is unbelievable as well.
0: Right. Would both of you agree that, you know, I feel like it's kind of this this culmination or maybe like a balance of you need to have the mindset that yes I can do this and it like you said if if they did it I can do it too and then you know, we talked about like establishing that credibility or just building up that confidence based off of the things that you've done in the past but then at the same time and you might someone someone might even describe that as like taking pride in your work or or in your abilities or just simply having confidence in your abilities but at the same time you have the humility like you were saying, Braden, to reach out to anybody and say, hey, I'm not very good at this or I've never done this before. Can you help me with this? So it, would you both say that it, it, you kind of need to have both the confidence in, in what you can do, but also be honest with yourself on the things that you do need help?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big believer in trying to align yourself with people who like, you know, I guess fill in the holes where you maybe lack and so finding finding out what you're good at and maybe where your weaknesses are I think is very important up front
0: I think that's something we all need to bear in mind because there're too many people that I look at and be like man they've got it all like mm-hmm. like, like both of you are people I like I look at you and I'm like man you guys got it all put together but there's there's nobody on this earth like that like I don't care if you take the most you know perfect looking person everybody has their their holes in their arm their cracks in their armor and and maybe they're what you see is what they're successful in, but maybe their marriage is falling apart, or, right. or they're struggling with an alcohol addiction. You know, something behind closed doors that you have no idea. And so, I think that's just something that I need to keep in mind is that, well, it's never really healthy to hold someone up on such a high a pedestal to where like they're they're untouchable. Mm-hmm. I've done that with people in the past, and I've gotten burned because then I I found out that I found something out that like oh they they weren't as perfect as I thought they were that does something a little bit to your trust in people. Yeah. And, um, so I don't know. I th- and I think at the same time, we also kind of helps keep ourselves in check and also give us ourselves a little bit of grace. Cause if there is an area that we're struggling with, recognize that everybody else is struggling with something as
1: well. Yeah. That's interesting because, and I'm curious if you guys ever struggle with this, like the imposter syndrome where I'm almost afraid people are going to find me out. Like, okay. So, I have people I look up to in in the business world or uh, or whatever it is, and then maybe I got to know that person. I'm like, oh, like like you said, like oh, you find something out about them, or maybe um, there's a guy, for instance, you know, very successful guy in real estate, and I got the opportunity opportunity to have a private dinner with him. It was us and you know just a few of us there, and the whole entire time he was extremely rude to the waiter. Uh, was on his phone the whole time. Just a completely different person than what I saw through social media, and. Sometimes I have this fear about myself where from you know I'm always trying to look at myself through other people's eyes which I need to stop doing but do you ever you know it's almost like um, I'm afraid someone's gonna see what I'm really doing and be almost disappointed like oh You're not as cool as I thought you were right. That's something. I I don't know why I think about that all the time Even like talking about this real estate like maybe it sounds like I have a lot going on but in reality like I'm not that big of a deal so I don't know. That's just something I think about a lot. No,
2: most certainly. And I, I don't... Being aware... See, yeah, it's a two-edged sword because like, we have to be aware enough to understand that obviously we are not perfect and we don't have it figured out. And to a certain degree, the way we treat other people is a huge deal, right? I mean, when when you talked about that, you know who comes to my mind? I, I loved Ravi Zacharias. Oh, right? yeah. And then when his scandal came out... I just was crushed to a certain degree yeah, because mm-hmm. it's like man how could you stand up there and preach and talk about something that you felt and you could literally feel it coming off this guy right it just radiated 100% from yeah and it's like man that's something I want to be a part of well then behind closed doors you know whatever whatever i mean but yeah it's like finding that balance of like hey i do need to be aware when i'm when i make mistakes cuz you and i also have to realize that that could very easily be any of us who are sitting on our phone or treating someone rude. Mm -hmm. And we do have to be careful, um, on that. Yeah. But at the same point, it's like one thing I always ask myself, if there's anyone, you know, what area of my life would I not be willing to share publicly to anyone? Like if it was brought to light, if it was my finances, if it was my marriage, if it was the way I, uh, treated my children when they messed up or whatever, like, what part of my life would I not care if it was all over social media? Yeah. Right. And I'm hoping it's all of it. Not right. just social media, but, you know, as believers, it's like what part of our life would we not be ashamed on judgment day yeah. when yeah. he returns? It's like I Yeah,
1: that's that's very convicting to think about. I mean again, what happens behind closed doors? What happens when the cameras aren't rolling? Right. Right.
0: And that can be looked at from a couple of different ways because oftentimes what happens behind closed doors is what makes it can make you the person that people see on social media, or that people see that that makes you feel like you're an imposter, mm-hmm. which which you're, you're not. But at the same time, it can also be something dark and something that's a real struggle that you would never want anybody to see. Yeah. So
2: it's just—I mean—it's just weird how we as people—and um, again. I'm not a psychologist, but I just weird how we, as people will do that, right? We'll look down on someone. We'll look up on someone. Yeah. We'll look at someone as an enemy. We'll look at, you know, we'll even use situations to motivate us. Right. And, and all these things. And I shared this with Landon, uh, yesterday, I sent you that private message of that captured Russian shoulder. Yes. Soldier just literally crying when he's FaceTiming his mom. And to me, that just, that just hit home. And I don't know necessarily why, because it's like, there's definitely some people in my life, you know, right now that I maybe have used our, our lack of relationship as a motivation. And it's like, man, you got to remember that those people, they're just people too. I mean, they're going home and they're dealing with their insecurities. They're dealing with their finances. They're dealing with their family. And it's just like, oh man, I didn't want that. I, you know, I watched that video and there's almost two sides to me. Cause it's like, yeah, this person that I have an issue with, it's like, man, now I can't use that as motivation because it, it does. It just, I mean, my heart rate will rise just talking about him, right? But also it's like, I look at this, you know, guy is shooting at the, you know, the Ukraine soldiers, he surrenders, he comes over and some lady asks him if he wants to FaceTime his mom and the guy just breaks down. And two, I mean, two days ago, he was shooting hmm. shells at them. So, I mean, it's just like, it's just twisted, but I, it's also much deeper than what you and I, we feel it, but sometimes we can't relay it, yeah. right? I don't know.
0: The other day I was listening to a podcast with, is it is it Robert O'Neill, the guy that killed Osama bin Laden? Mm-hmm. Him yep. and, and uh, Dakota Meyer. And both of they them just expressed- wrote a, Did they write a yeah. book together? And I, I'm blanking on what the name, title of it is, but yes, they did write a book together. Both of them expressed on how like in war- they're fighting these guys that well, they said, you know, had they simply because they grew up in different countries and different cultures, yeah. like that they don't hate each other. Like had they grown up in the same country, they they could have been buddies, and they're trying to kill each other. And just essentially, their their point being that's how messed up war is. Now, personally, I believe there is a, there's a time and place for war, just because of the fallen world that we live in. That's a whole other conversation. But what they're just saying is that sometimes people take war too lightly, and they're like, look, like, you realize, like, kind of what we have to carry, that we had to kill these people that I had nothing against right. these guys. yeah. You know? So it's just a... That story that Dakota told on the Joe Rogan
2: podcast was one that stuck out to me and will yeah. continually always be something I relate to,
0: or you, go back to. Kyle, I'm trying to think the, which one that was. He had, to, he had to kill this guy with a rock.
1: Oh, okay. On the side of a mountain. Yeah, yeah, did not hear that story. It's
0: yeah. it's crazy. Um
2: he, he, I mean, he basically explains that He watched this guy's spirit or soul release from his body the moment he knew he was dead. Like, he's beating this guy with a rock, and um, the guy looked up at him, and he's looking down at him, and, and the Taliban soldier knows he's gone. Like, he knows he's dead, and there's yeah. nothing he can do about it. And he's just looking up at Dakota with, like, mercy, like, hey, man, I'm just doing what I was raised to do, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're just doing what you were raised to do. Have yeah. a little mercy on me, and he kills him, obviously, because but... it was
0: in that scenario, it was kill or be killed, yeah. right?
2: Oh, for sure, he knew if he didn't finish him. I mean, because this guy was actually came after him first, but... and again, not
0: because they hated each other, right? But because it was war, right? Yeah, they were on they were on the opposite sides of the
1: war. I can't imagine. I mean, the yeah, the emotional toll that that takes on you afterwards. I mean, that's why so many guys have PTSD. We have no idea. No yeah. idea. And it's funny. I mean, sometimes we think, you know, oh my day's going so bad. I've got you know this over here, this complaint over here. I just can't imagine, you know. And even uh, something that stuck out to me a lot is just even my trip to Haiti. Um, I got the opportunity to go over there, not on a mission trip, but I went over there with a local Haitian and spent, I forget, it was probably close to a week. Was that Bruce? No, no. Bruce, Bruce is not Haitian. He's not Haitian. I'm sorry. Okay. He, no. Um, this was, his name is Ralph uh, Antien is how I think you say his last name. A local Haitian who uh, lost his leg in one of the earthquakes became a Christian. He was very famous over there before. He was a radio star. But anyways, I got the opportunity to go over there and spend a week with him and drive around in some of the most remote areas of Haiti. People, I mean, some of these little kids hadn't ever seen a white guy before. It was crazy. But I just remember... Um, just some of the stuff i saw there i remember one morning i was walking out um i probably shouldn't have been walking by myself but it was early in the morning and there was a pregnant woman out walking as well and when she saw me she just like just looked at me with like these like very sad eyes and just like rubbed her stomach like she was just starving she was just like she couldn't talk i mean she we didn't understand each other but she was more or less saying like i'm starving like please help me and just like i didn't know what to do and and so and the point is like you know sometimes in my life i'm like oh my life is tough but we we know nothing about what is really tough you know we have we've had it so good here so it's 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 definitely easy to complain but uh yeah we don't really know perspective is so much Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what
0: what you've experienced what you've seen it can be completely different from somebody else yep um
2: what i would like to ask what are things that you are thankful for that you look back on? Or like, oh man, this this was good. Not not just business. Um, and then, what are, if you don't mind sharing, a couple things that you are looking forward to um, in the future? One or two things.
1: Um, I think that one of the things I'm I've been most thankful for is the way I was raised. Okay, just the the family I was given. Um, I once went to a, a leadership conference. It was actually like a seven day long conference and it was very in depth, very kind of like figuring out like the way you were programmed and all this stuff. And it was interesting cause there was a lot of very broken people at this meeting, you know, people who had suffered a lot of abuse emotionally from their families and, um, and gone through a lot of really hard things. And I just realized at that meeting, I'm like, man, I, I was blessed with the family I was given. Um, really didn't have to deal with a whole lot of emotional distress as a, as a kid. So that's one of the things I'm most thankful for is, you know, just the family I was raised in. Um, and you know, the same token, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to raise my own family. And I remember, you know, growing up with you, Landon, that was always a goal of yours, like to be a dad. That was one of your goals. Um, you know, hopefully if we have kids, I hope that I'm an awesome dad. You know, I think that ultimately, this, this business, you know, all this that I'm doing doesn't really mean a whole lot. You know, what's going to mean more is knowing that you, you know, raised, raised a kid the best to your rest, best to your ability. And just to be able to invest in someone at that level is I feel like what's going to, it's going to be very satisfying.
2: Yeah. 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 Very well put. That's,
1: it's a good, it's a good reminder
2: to me. Sometimes that, uh, I'm in that position right now, right? We have children. and uh reminding myself that, hey, listen, that's my responsibility mm-hmm. as well to I we talked about this in a previous podcast, but It's like just us leading by example would potentially be enough. That would set them on a higher uh, you know, than a, than a vast majority of of children in in the world. But also at the same time, you and I both know that there's so much more than just the example. There's the, the nurturing and the teaching and so on and so forth. But no, that's good.
0: That's yep. good. <clears throat> what else you got?
2: No, I think all in all, I, I appreciate your time. I tell you right now, uh, Landon and I, um, well, actually Landon started the dad's meeting, right? Where there's a bunch of us to get together on Zoom and... Uh, someday down the road we've talked about this we want to put together a men's retreat and we don't know what all what it's all going to be it's going to be a great time i know that um but uh i hopefully your dad by then
1: because you can come with (laughs) we'll see get on that (laughs) yeah
2: yeah well we we might make an exception We might. Like I it, said, yeah.
1: I, I married strategically, I married a younger one. So, you know, she's got some time. So I'm enjoying this life without kids right now. Whoa. So we'll see. <clears throat> Kyle, if uh, people want to reach out to you for, you
0: know, investment, real estate questions, whatever, where can they find you?
2: We didn't even touch on investment. We didn't even touch on that, which <laughs> it's what we'll,
1: we'll have to do another, another, yeah, we, we'll, we'll do a follow up for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't know what do most guests give out like their email or their, I mean, no, no, I would say social media Okay. or, or yeah.
0: social media, website, anything like that.
1: Um, I'd say the place I'm probably most active. I'm not right now. I'm, I'm kind of taking a step away from posting right now, but is Instagram. I think I'm underscore Kyle Grimm. I, I think that's what my handle is. Um, Grimm with two Ms. Yep. Yep. So K Y L E G R I M M um, underscore before all that. So that's probably the best way to find me. Shoot me a, dm there or just find me on facebook so yeah, awesome. awesome man
2: anything else anything else you want to leave to the listeners
1: no i'm i'm thankful you guys had me this was fun um oh, good I, to good I, to meet you for yeah, you, you know well. for the first time so. you guys have corresponded a little bit prior to this right
2: yeah we've interacted a little bit on social media i would comment on some of his stuff um but uh no this is the first time in in person so uh, obviously we knew we had the, the church, the church was the background a little bit. So sure. I, knew, well, I know of the church, never been there, never gotcha. uh, met him, but, uh, for sure. For sure.
0: Kyle, thanks so much. Yeah. Appreciate that. All right. I want to give a shout out to Kyle and just say thanks for coming on the show. It was a unique opportunity to get his insight on buying and managing real estate, but then also to just shoot the breeze and talk about starting families and growing from when we first became friends back in 2013. You can find Kyle on Instagram at underscore Kyle Grimm. And then, of course, you can follow us there as well at Inquire Inside. Thank you all for tuning in today, and we'll catch you next
2: time.